Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The reality is when I started my life, nobody thought I was going to be successful. My own mother quietly assumed I was going to fail. My best friend said, oh, I just assumed you were going to marshmallow your way through life. My father-in-law, when I asked for his blessing to marry his daughter, he said, no, they were right. I was wrong. I go on to build a billion dollar business, but I start laying in bed five hours a day, not knowing how the fuck I'm going to make my dreams come true. So the question is then how did I become successful? And the only honest answer is the very reason you're here, which is the only thing that matters is skill set. I'm going to put myself on a high wire act, which is that very shortly you guys are going to get access to a microphone, and I want you to ask the hardest fucking question you can think of. And we're going to solve that shit in real time. Now, one clap. One motherfucker's here to change their life. Whoever that one lonely clap was, you better break an ankle getting to that microphone. But here's the reality. You guys are all here because you want to do something great with your life. That's why you come to a conference called the $10 billion conference, something called Driven. But the difference between wanting to do something and knowing how to do it is a massive chasm. And what I want to do in the next 60 minutes is teach you how to cross that chasm because it is possible. The reality is when I started my life, I was literally just talking about this behind stage, nobody thought I was going to be successful. Okay, you were looking at the after picture. Now, let's talk about the before picture. My own mother, when I left for college, quietly assumed I was going to fail. My best friend said, oh, I just assumed you were going to marshmallow your way through life. My father-in-law, now father-in-law, then just extraordinarily intimidating person, when I asked for his blessing to marry his daughter, he said no. And he said, Tom, look, I've become very successful in my life. My daughter has become used to a certain way of life. How do you plan to take care of her? And I said, sir, I know what you're seeing right now 
is a broke, unemployed, undereducated kid. But I'm telling you right now, I'm the most ambitious person you've ever met. And one day, I'm going to make your daughter a wealthy woman. The problem was, he knew something that I didn't. These were the three people closest to me in the world that believed I was going to fail. And they had not misidentified me. They were right. I was wrong. Now, I say there's three things that I look for in anybody that wants to come work with me. Number one, I look for grand ambition. Because if you don't have grand ambition, I'm going to seem like a crazy person. Because I really believe that I can do anything I set my mind to. Number two is drive. And number three is compassion. Now, compassion is beyond the scope of what we're going to talk about today. But drive isn't. Most of you, unless you already have a business that's going, you're what I call an empty dreamer. You have a dream, and that's really important. You've got the ambition. You want to do something great, just as I did. But the very next day, after telling my soon-to-be father-in-law that I was the most ambitious person he'd ever met, I laid in bed for five hours. Now, I laid in bed four to five hours every single day. And the only thing that got me out of bed was the shame of knowing that my then fiance was coming home because she was the only one with a job. She was going to come home and I was supposed to have a sandwich made for her by the time she got there. And if I didn't finally get out of bed and stop watching music videos, I wasn't going to have the sandwich ready on time. And then I would have to confess that I'd just been laying in bed. Okay? That's where I started. I go on to build a billion dollar business, but I start laying in bed five hours a day, not knowing how the fuck I'm going to make my dreams come true. Now, if you make the mistake of thinking that somehow I have something in me that is special, that is different, that allowed me to be successful, you would be wrong and you will let yourself off the hook by making me extraordinary. Don't make me extraordinary because I'm not. So the question is then, how did I become successful? And the only honest answer is the very reason you're here, which is the only thing that matters is skill set. The reason that I was marshmallowing my way through life, the reason that I was laying in bed for four to five hours a day was I didn't have skills and I didn't realize that I could get skills. I don't have an entrepreneurial instinct in me. How many born entrepreneurs do we have here? Six. Man, guys, you're not going to fucking make it. You're not going to make it. How many born entrepreneurs do we have here? All right. I am not one of you. I am not a born entrepreneur. I have had to cobble myself together one brick at a time. Now, the great news is because I have done it and I've learned everything the hard way, I know how to explain it to people. And I've always believed that the only people that should be able to write the manuals an instruction manual, is somebody that struggled to build that thing. Because if it came easily to you, you're not going to know where the problems are. And you have to understand the problems, the things that are going to trip people up. I know the things that are going to trip you up. I know the things that are tripping you up right now. Whether you have a seven-figure business that you're trying to scale to be the billion-dollar business, or whether you're trying to start your first company, or whether you're just trying not to go out of business. I know all the things you're going to encounter because I encountered them all and struggled with them and had to put together tools and tactics. 
Now, I always love it when Jim Quick goes before me because he focuses people on the brain. What I'm going to convince you of by the end of this talk is that you're having a biological experience. Now, it won't be clear why that matters until we get to the end. But those of you that begin to understand why you have to understand how your brain actually functions, that your brain is the result of millions of years of evolution, and quite frankly, your brain is fucking with you. And if there's a God, God put you in this body to fuck with you. Because otherwise, why would you have a negative voice in your head that tells you that you're not going to make it, that tells you that you're a loser, that tells you that you're not smart enough? It might be okay for the other person, but it's not going to be okay for you. That was certainly what I had a voice inside my head telling me every day. And I remember laying on the floor, face down, by the way, of my unfurnished apartment, feeling the cheap nylon fabric pushing into my skin and wondering, how am I ever going to make anything in my life? I don't know how to do this. And I remember lamenting to God. And I said, why make me just smart enough to realize how dumb I am? Why not either make me so dumb that I don't understand it and I'm just blind to how dumb I am or make me smart enough that I can actually do something with my life? But to put me in this weird gray area where it's like, hey, guess what? You're dumb. That was ruthless emotionally and I spent so many years there. And it wasn't until I started reading about the brain and learning about this thing called brain plasticity, which basically every species has a choice. How interesting that we're in the equestrian center right now because the example I always use of choice number one is horses. The species of horse chose to just know everything when you come out. So 20 minutes after being born, a horse can do all the things that a horse is going to do. 20 minutes after coming out, a baby can't be left alone. It'll vomit on itself, it'll poo in its diapers, it can't hold its own head up. Now that was a choice, and it's an incredible choice. And the result of that choice is something that if you're taking notes, I want you to write it down because this is gonna become the most important idea in your life. Humans, are the ultimate adaptation machine. You are, by design, created to learn. And that choice, because while we are not blank slates as a species, we are the blankest of slates. We are the most determined by our choices than any other creature that has ever come along. Now that matters because no matter where you're at in your business journey today, the punchline is going to be if you want your business to grow, if you want to get to the next level, you have to learn something that you don't already know. You have to get better at something tomorrow than you are today. Whether that's reading the moves in the marketplace, like let me tell you, if you don't understand what NFTs are already, you're missing out. It's going to change the world. And don't say that I didn't tell you. It's as important, if not more important, than the internet. And most people in this room have never bought one, nor have they ever created one. Okay, this is 1997, and NFTs are the internet. You now know. Now, maybe it's that. You have to understand the moves of the market. Maybe it's that you need to get better at operations. Maybe you need to understand finance better. Maybe you need to understand psychology better. In fact, 
Who thinks they know the hardest problem in business? Just raise your hand. If you know what the hardest problem in business is, we got one guy. Everybody better go see him afterwards because damn. I'm going to tell you right now. And the funny thing is, as soon as I say it, you're going to be like, shit, that's what I think it is too, but I didn't want to say it because I don't want to be a dick. The hardest thing in business is people. Look to your left, look to your right. Whether they're the people you work with or your customer. Damn. It gets frustrating. Who has ever had the impulse to shake one of their employees real hard? Just me? If you don't understand psychology, you're not going to make it. There's so many elements to this game. When somebody asks, like, have you ever asked yourself this question? What is money? Like, what is money? Oh my God, somebody actually knows the answer or they're real close. I want you to shout that shit out. It's the ability to get energy secured across time and space. So you go do something really hard, you need a way to store the value of that time and energy and that thing we call money. But you'll notice only she either knew it or had the courage to shout it out. Now, big it up, big it up, big it up. I teach a course called Business Decision Making. It's for six-figure and up entrepreneurs. And as with everything I do, I always tell people, if you didn't think that you got 10 times your value from that, get your money back. I'll give it to you. And I had one guy get a refund. He took the whole course and he asked for a refund. And his reasoning was that it was too simplistic. And I wanted to hang my head and weep for him. Because here's what we're going to spend. I'm going to wrap this up and then we're going to spend the next whatever 30, 40 minutes doing this in real time so you see why this is so critical to understand. I could come up here and teach you sales, which everybody is going to tell you is important and it is. I could stand up here and teach you marketing and everybody's going to tell you that it's important and it is. I could teach you funnels. I could teach you copywriting. These are all valuable. I could teach you HR, how to hire better, how to talk to your employees. These are all going to be critical things. And if you don't figure them out, your business is going to fail. But all of those things, you can hire somebody else to do. There is only one thing that you have to do. Nobody else is going to be able to do it for you. And that's make the right decision. Business is standing in a room with a thousand doors. None of you are going to die from lack of opportunity unless you have picked the wrong industry. Assuming you're at least in the right industry, your business won't fail because of lack of opportunity. Your business will fail because you pursue the wrong opportunity or you dilute your attention across too many things. So everybody in this room, I want you from now and forever to imagine yourself standing in a room with a thousand doors and your job is to know better than anyone else in the company, better than anyone else on the planet, which 999 of those doors to close. That's business. Rule number one of business. And if you think this is too simplistic, you're never gonna make it. Rule number one of business, avoid a mortality event. Don't do things that if they fail, you go out of business. Why? Because business is a loop that I call the physics of progress. Now, why do I call it the physics of progress? 
Because everything in this world has a nature. Things that are inescapable. Gravity, we're all familiar with that, that's inescapable, that's the physics. The way large bodies interact, gravitational pull, the way all of that, we're used to hearing about Newtonian physics and things like that, and we all accept it. Nobody thinks that maybe tomorrow morning they could step off the building and they would float gently to the ground, right? We all get, you're gonna fucking slap down real hard on the ground. And we just accept it, but we never take the time to ask, what are the physics of business? What does it take? Hey, Tom, you're in a new industry. And in fact, let me walk you through my past. Company number one, technology. We made security software, turned it into a multi-million dollar company. Company number two, nutrition. Say what? You went from software to manufacturing, and you had 3,000 employees, 300,000 square feet, a lot of equipment, but what did you know about it? I didn't know anything about it. Company number three. Oh, and by the way, Quest became a billion-dollar company. Thank you. Company number three is a media company. Already a multi-million-dollar company, well on its way to bigger and better things, but I won't call the B word until we actually get there. All three extraordinarily different industries. Security software, nutrition and manufacturing, and now media. And yet, I've been able to build multi-million dollar companies in all three divergent industries without learning about it before I got into it. So now the question is how? And the answer is the physics of progress. If you're taking notes, write this down, because I'm going to walk you through the actual fucking steps. And then I'm going to reinforce the idea that the physics of progress is all about thinking from first principles understanding the physics of a situation, not thinking from analogy. We're not going to say, this is like this. We're going to say, this is the nature of this thing. This is necessarily true. And once you know what is necessarily true, you can go into any industry, face any problem, and know how to think your way through it. Know how to make good business decisions. There is a physics to this, and it goes like this. The physics of progress is the scientific method recontextualized for business. It is the quest for what is true. It is how you make progress. If you don't do this, you won't make progress. I promise you, because it is the nature of progress itself. Step number one, have a clear goal. There is a gentleman backstage that's very familiar with my work. And I always tell people, hey, everybody, you think you're clear on what your goal is. You really believe it, but you're not clear. Step number one is get clarity. And this, I hear a version of this all the time. Tom, I already know what I want. In fact, maybe you already have a business. Your business is already doing great. You're making $10 million a year. You're fucking killing it. But you can't figure out why you can't get to the next level. And I will tell you it's one of two things. Either you're not clear enough or you're not running the physics of progress, which is just a loop. So here's what people will say when they think they have clarity. I want to win a gold medal, Tom. That's amazing. In what? The Olympics? Yes, Tom, the Olympics. Fantastic. Summer or winter? Summer. My man. Swimming or tennis? Swimming. Fantastic. Backstroke? Freestyle medley? What are we doing? Until you have so much clarity, 
This is another one, burn into your soul. Until you have so much clarity that you know what to do with the next 15 minutes, you're lost. If the next 15 minutes isn't self-evident to you, you're lost. So whenever you're like, you know, I'm not sure what the next move is, it's because you don't have enough clarity. Goals, goals demand certain actions. Let me give you an example. You're Kobe Bryant. You want to be the best that ever lived. Mightn't you want to pick up a basketball? Maybe you should practice. Can we agree? That's self-evident. Maybe you should practice more than the next person. Maybe you should study game film more than the next person. Maybe you should understand the psychology of the game and how to get inside other people's heads. Once you know exactly what you want, now your goals will tell you what you need to do. They will tell you what the demands are. And the way it works is this. I know what my goal is. I have hyper clarity. I know what, when, and how much. I have my goal. I've written it down. It has a date attached to it hyper-specific. Then I have to identify what the impediment is between where I'm at and where my goal is. Hopefully you guys have all heard of the second law of thermodynamics. The second law of thermodynamics is one of the most applicable, applicable to business ever. And it states, in any closed system, that system will move towards entropy, which is just a fancy word for chaos, unless you inject energy. That is the truth of a business. So when you think, hey, my goal is there, and I'm here, why won't I just automatically get to my goal? That's the question, okay? Literally, in that sentence, I just gave you everything you ever need to know. I know you don't think I did, but 10 years, when it clicks, and you hit me up, and you stop me somewhere, and you're like, Tom, yo, when I finally realized my whole fucking job as the decision maker of this company is to understand why, if we keep doing what we're doing now, why we will not get to our goal. And the answer is entropy. You will have to put energy into the system in order to get to a specific outcome. So let me give you an example. Back in 1961, if you were able to get onto the S&P 500, which is a list of the 500 most profitable, stable, biggest companies, if you got on that list, you would stay for an average of 61 years. As of today, that number is approaching 12 years with no signs of stopping the shrinkage because the world changes at an insanely fast pace. My whole thing in business decision-making is aimed at one thing, to teach you how to think from first principles to solve a novel problem. My goal is here, I'm standing here, and in between me and that goal, because this world is changing so fast, because things like NFTs have come up and I don't even know what the fuck that is, I have to be able to think from first principles to figure out how I get around this problem that nobody can tell me is a problem.
When it comes to platforms that will help you run a business, there is no shortage of options on the market. But if you want to use the best, most advanced, and most efficient platform out there, you need to be using Shopify. For whatever and wherever you want to sell, from launching to going international, Shopify is the global commerce platform that will help you grow at every stage of your business. With award-winning customer service, the internet's highest converting checkout page, and a suite of integrated AI tools, Tools, Shopify is your all-in-one platform to quickly and efficiently take your business to the next level. I love everything about Shopify because it makes it so easy to start, run, and grow a business. Shopify powers more than 10% of all U.S. e-commerce because businesses that want to grow quickly use Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash impact, all lowercase. Again, go to shopify.com slash impact right now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash impact. In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you want to have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need. And Impact Theory's own chief financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. If getting your hands dirty and taking good care of your car or cars is a passion of yours, then eBay Motors is here for the ride because I'm sure you remember when you first saw the potential in that beauty. And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly with eBay Motors. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. If you can't solve a novel problem, all you can ever do is copy. I'm going to say that again, and if it doesn't give you the chills, you're not listening close enough. If you can't solve a novel problem, all you can do is copy. 
Now, you can make a career out of being a fast follower, but the only way to get where you want to go is to be able to solve a novel problem. So back to the physics of progress. Step number one, I know what my goal is. Step number two, I've identified the novel problem that stands between me and achieving my goal. Step number three, I'm going to come up with a hypothesis. Now, a hypothesis is just a fancy way of saying best guess. I'm going to come up with my best guess as to how I'm going to solve that problem. Then, step four, I'm going to run that test and I'm going to see how well it worked. Now, here is the truth that decimates most upcoming entrepreneurs. You're going to fail a lot. Failure says nothing about you. Failure is a part of the physics of progress. Failure is the most information-rich data stream that exists. Failure does not make you a failure. Failure is the most information-rich data stream that exists. But you must get your ego out of the way when you fail so that you can pay attention and read the data. I can't tell you how often I see entrepreneurs not wanting to be wrong, not wanting to be embarrassed, not wanting to lose the faith of their team, finding ways to justify why that failure wasn't really a failure or it was something outside of their control or whatever. Fuck that noise. Everything is your fault. You have to own everything. If you didn't get the result you wanted, by definition, you failed. Cool. Tom told me the failure is the most information-rich data stream that exists, so all I need to do now is look at the data and figure out what I learn. You get that learning, and then the physics of progress begins anew. You've assessed however much it failed, and you begin again. Henry Ford said that failure is simply the ability to start again, this time more intelligently. So now we go, we have our goal, here's the problem. Here's my hypothesis on how to overcome that problem. I try it. I failed to some degree. I learned from that, and I try again more intelligently. I failed to some degree. I learned from that. I try again more intelligently. That's the physics of progress. Now, grab a microphone, because we're going to go through this in real time. Don't give me easy problems, and don't let me off the hook. If I did not solve your fucking problem, say, Tom, you haven't solved my problem. Now, here's rule number one. You're going to be real fucking tempted to do what the British call waffling. You're gonna, you think I need eight months of real-time context to understand your problem. I promise you, I do not. If I need context, I will ask for it. Your job to be a good citizen of this time is to ask your question in a single sentence with no commas or run-ons. I assume everybody's heard of Einstein, yes? Einstein said, if you can't explain a problem simply, you don't understand it very well. What did I say is, number one, clarity, clarity, clarity. If you can't give me your problem in a single sentence, you don't have clarity. So what do I know is the answer to your problem? Get fucking clarity. It's just the way that it has to be. And this is how people die in these really simple fucking loops. They're not forcing themselves to get clear. Now, why aren't they getting clear? Because they have emotion. Emotions make dots feel like they connect when they don't. All right, now we've got a line. Go for it. Keep it short. Hey, Tom, how do I present a $60,000 proposal in person? You're going to have to give me your problem. What's your problem? You're not good at presenting? No, I am. I, I, the problem is I've never 
done this amount. It's a consulting group. I'm Jeff the Entrepreneur, by the way. I love you, by the way. You've got me through some dark times to be where I'm at right now. I'm honored. I'm serious. You're, you're a thing and everything, dude. You've helped everybody here. Thank so you. right now I have a consulting group. Uh, the company's actually here. So it's actually the, C- the CEO's not here today. Is that his thing? But I'm going to be presenting this to him uh, tomorrow. These are a lot of words. These feel Sorry. like context. My bad. Um, so yeah, just the psychological is what it is of presenting. So here, here it is, guys. You always start with the problem, okay? Remember, I just walked you through the physics of progress. It is the fucking nature of progress. There is no way to sidestep this. So we all already know before he even speaks, the answer is going to be, what's your goal? What's the thing that stands between you and your goal? And then what is our best guess as to what we would need to do to get over that goal? So now I don't know if you're a bad presenter. I don't know if you have a bad product. So you have to come at this from why am I asking this question? Because I'm nervous? I'm uneasy? Because the answer is that you need to figure out what problem you solve for them. And in the meeting, you don't have to be slick or cool. You just have to show them how beyond a shadow of a doubt, that thing that keeps you awake at night, dear buyer, my product actually makes that go away. And then here's the, the thing about business that I wish weren't true, because secretly, I just want to talk about like, how to feel good about yourself, right? Like, if we're not in business to help other people and to do rad shit and to help our family and to make money, like, what the fuck are we doing this for? So this ultimately comes down to this emotional thing, and I just want to talk about that. But the reality is, to get there, we have to understand the nature of things. And this one is, You have to solve a problem for them. And the part that I wish wasn't true, you actually have to be better at solving that than anybody else. Now, I'm so fascinated by that's the one that got sort of a tepid, but it was better than all the other reactions, so we'll take it. But all I said was what should be self-evident is that you actually have to be good at your business. Now, what I find is the thing that people are always, if somebody's gonna compliment me, the thing that they're gonna compliment me on is, Tom, you always seem so prepared for your interviews. And my thing is like, the only way to win in life is to be more prepared than everybody else. If you wanna win a gold medal in the Olympics, you actually have to be better at that sport than any other human being on planet Earth. That's fucking business. You're going, here's another one, this drives me nuts. People will say, Tom, if I, because I always tell people, you have to work hard, smart, and long hours. And the inevitable question that I get is, Tom, if I work hard and smart, why do I need to work long hours? Because, motherfucker, you're going against me, and I'm willing to do all three. So now what? There's no arbiter other than being better, right? If your game is to be stronger, you better be able to lift more weight. If your product solves XYZ problem, it better actually fucking solve it and better than anything else. So the presentation is, hey, look, guys, I'm a nervous wreck. I hate giving presentations. But the one thing that I know about my product, it will outperform. And I invite you now to put me in whatever circumstance you need to, and I'm going to show you that it outperforms. This is why, trust me, if Albert would let me, I would stay here on this fucking stage and answer every single question. I would let people push me and say, no, but Tom, you haven't solved my problem. I will keep going until we solve your problem. Now, I don't mind doing that because it's first principles thinking. It applies to everything. I know my product is better. So I will just stand here and fucking do this moment after moment after moment. 
When you get as confident in your product as I am in my ability to solve business problems, presenting will be very easy. Perfect, thank you. I'm gonna use that opening, thank you. Sure. Let's go over here. Thank you very much for being here today. I uh, have a couple of, well, actually it's one question. Number in a one, single sentence, goal, right? The what? In a single sentence? In a single sentence, yes. My man. My goal is to have 50,000 license agents by 2029. 50,000 what? License agents, I'm in the life insurance business. Yep. So 50,000 license agents by 2029. How to know if it's a company to sell or a company to keep? That's an emotional decision because there is no right answer, but they will take you on wildly divergent paths. So everybody in life, what is the number one thing? You know in my mind, right? I've walked you through the physics of progress. He asked that question, everyone should have been able to scream one word all at the same time, and that word is? Clarity. Clarity. There you go. Guys, here, unfortunately, I've learned one immutable truth. I can't want it for you. Now in my own life, I'm a fucking psychopath because I am going to win. And that's just that. And I'm willing to suffer and get kicked in the face as many times as it takes to get good enough, because that's what this is all about, in order to be able to solve the problems better than anybody else and win. So, when we get to the participation part, show me what you got for your own sake. It doesn't fucking matter to me. I'm going to go win whether you guys want to win or not. So, this is about you. This is about, it's what's called self-signaling. You're going to remind yourself how badly you want this shit. All right. You feel me? You've got to have clarity. No one can ask that. It's emotional. So you have to pick one path and go down it. Now, here's the great news about whatever path. If you start running a thousand miles an hour in that direction and realize, oh, I made a mistake. Amazing. Failure is the most information rich data stream that exists. So by taking action, you're learning more. We now, and it's not like you have to run all the way back and start over. You just fucking cut a line across and then start going on the right path. So you can always change direction, right? You close 999 doors, realize the one that you went through sucks. You can always come back out, open a new one, and go through that. Learn, learn, iterate. You have to start with clarity. All right, next. Tom, super quick. Con context, a little context, right? Um, I've only been in the United States for 11 years. I, I managed to own uh, 23 properties in the had three companies that are successful. My question to you, since you excel at scaling, uh, you obviously found an industry and it, proved, it proves that you know, it's successful. When, I mean, uh, you've done this through placing systems, uh, placing systems, right? Systems in place, that's all. So these companies, my companies, they proven to be successful, right? But when do you stop injecting money or when you continue to inject more money to take it to a level like you, right? Like this thing is... What's working. your goal? Everything starts with a goal. But it, it, and my goal There's is... no but. Yeah, no, no goal. I mean, no, no but, right? <laughs> no goal. Uh, I want to take it to a billion dollars. So By when? Five years. Word, right? So you've got to have just a freakish amount of clarity on what you're trying to do and how you plan to get there because the answer about injecting money is actually a totally separate question. That's about where do you feel safe, where do you feel secure, 
you know, what's that number? So when I started Impact Theory, I picked a number and I said, I'm not going to burn more than this. And if we get to that point in the capital, I either raise outside capital or I fold the company. And I just, I picked a number and I went after it. Now, of course, as you start having success and you start seeing how much faster you could go if you injected a little more capital, then maybe you change your mind. But you have to set a number, go after it, have very clear metrics. Here's another one. People often don't know what success looks like. So you don't know whether you failed or not because you didn't set a metric. So for instance, you could set a metric that said, if I'm not growing at this rate with this profit percentage, I won't invest any more money. But here, write this down, fucking write this down. This one's big. If it can be turned into math, it should be turned into math. So we're going to make a math equation around this. It's velocity of sales, it's profit margin percentage, it's going to take in some amount of like where is the industry going, and we're going to find out also what number you're comfortable with, where do you feel overextended, right? Because number one, avoid a mortality event. So you've got the business mortality, you've got your lifestyle mortality, and so you want to be very thoughtful of, hey, I can blow $30 million. If I lose that, I'm fine. But $31 million starts to be uncomfortable. Cool then we know it's 30 million. And we better be hyper-disciplined and not act like a VC-funded company and be like, yo, 30 million. It's like, you really have to be really specific. But there's no right or wrong answer. It's up to your tolerances and it all comes from clarity. And I know it haunts you. Several numberless industries, right? Very profitable. I know it haunts you. You, why am I not in that space? Why don't I take my systems and go to that space? Why don't I take my system and do with this other industry? I Shiny object syndrome. All the time. When, when does it stop for you? It'll never stop. You just have to be disciplined. I know what my goal is. Because I know what my goal is, I just sift every opportunity through, is this really the most effective way to overcome the problem that I have to achieve the goal? Sounds good. All right, hit me up. Okay, I don't know if anybody has this issue, but... Uh... Why am I so good? And I'm trying to do this in one sentence. So why am I so good at the things I hate and horrible at the things I love? I have a feeling that if we were to actually audit that, it, what's happened is because that's such a clever way to think of it, you've told yourself that story, but that it's probably not actually true. So there are going to be a lot of things that you excel at that you're like, oh, I don't want to be doing this. And fair enough, and you can either do those or find somebody else that can do those. And then the other thing is, just because you currently aren't good at something that you love, go get good, right? When I started in business, and I promise everyone's going to think I'm lying, and I'm not exaggerating in the slightest, and I know it's hard to believe, but my first year, maybe 18 months in business, the only contribution that I would make to a conference call was to say goodbye. And I would actually get excited. So my business partners, right, I was just an employee at the time. And my business partners were like these high-level entrepreneurs, and I looked up to them so much, and they'd run the whole call, and I'd be like, whoa, like, this is crazy. But I didn't have anything to add because I felt really stupid, and I didn't know what I was talking about. Then I could feel, oh, we're about to wrap up. I get to say it. Here we go. Goodbye. <laughs> and that felt amazing. But then I've gotten good, right? I've gotten so good that people pay me a lot of money to come up and explain what I do. So remember, your goals demand the skill set that's required. So now it's just a question of whether you get disproportionate returns or not. Okay, so all of us get either subpar performance, par performance, or above par. And you're getting a disproportionate return. So, and I have a friend backstage who knows golf and he's horrified because I just did that backwards. 
but you get the idea. Because subpar is good, right? Somebody that knows golf. Uh, so you have to figure out what are the things I'm gonna put energy into. So for me, I don't fuck with finance. I learn as much as I need to learn to make sure I can't be stolen from, and then that's it. And I bring other people in to handle that. Does not speak to my personality or my desire. Verbal ability, on the other hand, to get disproportionate returns. So every unit of energy I put into getting better at speaking, I get better than somebody else who's putting the same amount of time and energy. And so you pick those things that are useful and you get disproportionate returns and you lean in on those things. And then you remember that you can learn anything, but you can also hire almost everything. So the only thing that you must get good at is decision-making. If you're not good at decision-making, you work for somebody else. Thems are the facts. You feel me? All right. By the way, I want to be clear. Nobody's even hit me with a business problem yet. I, I'm game for the like, I have a business problem. I'm trying to scale into Paraguay and what the fuck. Hey, Tom. Hello. So uh, I have a company that's doing eight figures in revenue and it's been sitting in that range and I've tried a few different things. When you, with your first company, what did you have to do to get it to nine figures and what did you have to sacrifice, whether personal or in business? So in the first company to get to nine figures, we had to sell it and move into a totally different company. So this is where, are you in the right industry? Are you solving the right problem? And you really have to look at that because the reality is some businesses are just eight-figure businesses. And so is this an eight-figure business? And what we need to be doing is pivoting and finding something that opens us up to a much larger vista, or are we doing something wrong? So we run the physics of progress. We start with our goal. Our goal is hyper-specific. Then, and this is the art, we have to, what is that problem? Are there people in your industry that are doing it? Are there nine-figure businesses in your industry? If there are nine figures, in fact, this is a really useful life tool. Who is doing it well? Okay, you're trying to do something. Who's doing it well? Who's ahead of you, right? So I decide that I'm going to try to make sure that nobody gets to the age of 15 without encountering a growth mindset. That's my mission in life, okay? Everything I do is about that. Thank you. So now you work backwards. My first attempt was to just look into a camera and say, think like this, act like this. And I realized 2% of people will respond to it, but 98% don't. You will never hear me say, as long as I help one person, I'm not that guy. I want to fucking help everybody and at scale as much as humanly possible. So I start thinking about the 98% and I realize, okay, I'm going to be doing something in media, either uh, music, which sways culture, video games, uh, movies, TV, whatever that's going to be. And so I decide, given my passions and my skill set, that I'm going to be on the film, TV, video game side. So who's done it well? Who has told only one kind of story, right? Because I can only make one kind of story. If I'm trying to give you a growth mindset, I, every story has to tell a growth mindset. So I was like, has anybody ever told one kind of story and built a really successful media company? And the answer is... Goddamn right. Disney told one kind of story over and over and over from a thousand different angles. And in doing so, he has swayed culture. To give you an idea, my sister went to Disneyland 72 times in 12 months pre-COVID, obviously. And I thought, whoa, like this place really means something to her. So if Disney can build the most magical place on earth, can I build the most empowering place on earth? Now, I don't just go copy Disney, 
But I see a lot of the cues that I need about what they did, how they swayed the psychology of the world. And so you want to find somebody that's doing it, and that's going to give you those first clues. You have to take ownership of everything, say everything is my fault, and get real good at identifying that problem. Whether it's we don't have enough capital, we don't have the right product, I'm not the right salesperson, whatever, but you have to figure out what that problem is. Do you have a guess what holds you back? Well, uh, there's, well there is a nine and ten figure businesses in my industry and what they do is once a company gets to eight figures, they look at buying them. So that's the end goal. So what's the problem? Uh, trying to figure it out. Trying to figure what out? That's vague. Trying to figure out how to, I have to multiply the revenue by five times to get to eight figures. Are you saying though that you don't understand which companies to buy? No. Uh, in my company, when it gets to eight figures, mm -hmm. nine and ten figure companies in my industry buy them, which is the goal. Okay. It's, but so are you a seven figure trying to be an eight or an eight trying to be a nine? No, eight trying to be a nine. Okay. So if we know that people go from eight to nine, remember you said this, if we know that eights go to nines by acquiring other companies, the goal is already obvious. We have to go buy companies. At least that's one path. True or false? Uh, true, but sorry, what I meant what I meant is when you go from eight figures to nine figures, the nine figure, ten figure companies buy buy you at that point. Uh, and you're I, afraid you'll get purchased? No, I wanna sell. I wanna get to Tell that me the point. problem in a single sentence. Um, because just, just to be clear, when you started, unless I misunderstood, you said, Tom, I'm an eight and I want to become a nine. How do I do it? And the answer is sitting right in front of us. But now when I say that's the answer, you say, no, 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 that's not the problem. Well, what I was asking is what you specifically did in your first company to get from eight to nine. We like exited one. that company and started a new one from oh, scratch yeah. because that was a market that was never going to take us to nine figures. So, so that's an option to look at that then. Absolutely. Yeah. Everything's on the table. We're thinking from first I, principles. I didn't look at that option. So but it also that. sounds, I'm a little confused. We'll move on, but I'm a little confused because you gave us the answer, which is to acquire other companies. So there's, and now I'm going to speak to everybody else about your problem, forgive me. But like, do you guys see how the answer, he was able to articulate the answer, but there's something that doesn't satisfy him in that answer. Oh, this is so important. So if we've been on sort of the 101, 101, we're now in the master's degree. This is where I see entrepreneurs get tripped up all the time. There is a gap between what you feel and what you can articulate. If you're living in a feeling and you cannot say the problem in a single sentence, your emotions are making something feel obvious that actually isn't obvious. As someone who is constantly learning new information and skills, I've found some tricks to most effectively and efficiently retain and remember that information. And one of the keys to this process is actively engaging with the content. You have to use it. And when it comes to learning a new language, the most efficient app out there is Babbel. With Babbel's revolutionary conversation-based approach, learning a new language is both efficient and effective. With quick, 10-minute lessons rooted in real-life situations, you can start actually speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Take it from somebody who has struggled mightily to learn Greek to impress my beloved wife and my in-laws. I really wish Babbel had existed back then. It would have helped so much. So I highly encourage you guys to check out Babbel today and take advantage of the special deal for Impact Theory listeners. 
right now. Get 55% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash impact theory. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash impact theory. And that's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Again, slash impact theory. Rules and restrictions may apply. If you strive to perform your best in life, bringing your energy and abilities into everything you do, then it only makes sense that you would want to be out on the road with that same power, agility, and performance that everyone expects from you. And there's no better option than the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable SUV yet, the third-generation Range Rover Sport. You guys know I love staying on the cutting edge with technology, and the Range Rover Sport's cabin features advanced technologies such as active noise cancellation and cabin air purification, a must, offering you and your family and friends new levels of comfort and refinement while traveling. The Range Rover Sport provides an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and redefines sporting luxury for the power, agility, and performance you demand in every area of your life. Explore the Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. That's LandRoverUSA.com. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Hey, everyone. This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, BetterHelp an online counseling company with the mission to make professional counseling accessible, affordable, and convenient. I hope you enjoy. Oh God, this is so important. You're having a biological experience. This is one of those where I would need a full week to walk you through why it is so important to understand. I'm gonna give it to you real fast. I've got still a little over 15 minutes. Okay, this is really important. You're gonna think I'm not talking about business, but I swear to God, I am. The conscious mind uses language. The subconscious mind uses emotion. The conscious mind can process very little data. The subconscious mind can process what they call faster and vaster. So your subconscious mind can take in all this information from the world and it can't speak to you in language. So it's processing a lot of data, a lot of data, all the data that's necessary. But it can't communicate to you in words for two reasons. One, we pass through infancy, and from an evolutionary perspective, we pass through millions of years of not having sophisticated language. But even now, we go through an extended period where we cannot speak, but we have to have a way to communicate. So anybody that has kids know, the way the kids communicate is they have all this data coming from their body, they get stressed, and they just scream. And so it's this really simple feedback loop. And what I'm trying to get people to understand is that you're existing in that same feedback loop right now in your business. So subconscious will speak to you in emotion. You must learn to translate that emotion into words, a very simple conscious thought that you can say in a single sentence with no commas, no run-ons, no parentheticals, so there's nowhere to hide. Now, you're having a biological experience. I started by saying your brain is fucking with you. You ready for a true story? Who's ready for a true story? 
Okay, if this doesn't freak you out, and the story I'm about to tell you is going to explain 80% of the problems that you have as a business owner. This is so true and you're not going to believe me. But I'm only ever going to say what is true. This is a real study. You can read about it in very famous textbooks. There is a region of the brain that you can damage that will eliminate your ability to form long-term memories. So you can form short-term memories, but if we meet and this area of your brain is damaged, and I leave the room and come back three minutes later, you won't remember me. It's real, okay? It's not just the movie Memento. It's a real condition. So they would test this guy. And one time, they had a doctor walk in with a pin in his hand. So when he reached out to shake the guy's hand, it poked him. And the guy pulled his hand back and was like, whoa. Doctor leaves the room, waits three minutes, comes back in. Remember, this guy's not faking it. He does not know who this doctor is. The region of his brain that forms long-term memories has been destroyed, and so he meets this doctor new. The doctor sticks out his hand. If he doesn't know who he is, he should reach out and just get pricked over and over and over, right? Would you not assume that to be true? But he'll refuse to reach out. They've tested this on multiple people. Now, and this is the important part, Open your minds for me. I want you to hear what actually happens because this is what's happening to you right now and you don't realize it. When asked, why won't you shake this doctor's hand? What the guy said was, I've always had a long-standing problem of shaking the hand of someone in a white lab coat. That's a lie. Has nothing to do with that. It has to do with a region of his brain stored a tie between this guy and pain that can't articulate into the conscious mind because of the memory storage problem, but the brain will not allow there to be no answer. The brain will not allow there to be no answer. So, when we run into a problem, hey, I'm an eight-figure business, I'm trying to become a nine-figure business, you feel like you know why. Well, it's because of this, that, or the other. It's almost certainly true that that narrative is the version of your brain connecting some pain. You feel an emotion, something doesn't feel right. You put it into words and feel like, cool, I've got the words I can use when somebody asks me about this. 80%, maybe 90 percent of the problems you face in your business, you have an emotional understanding of, but you never take the time to question the narrative that you've layered on top of that. And until you can pierce that narrative and figure out what's really going on using the physics of progress, you're never going to figure it out. So know that you lie to yourself all the time, and it's the only way to get through life. We all do it. You have to do it. It's actually a great strategy. But to grow your business, you have to figure out how to get through that and get to the other side. Because there's some emotion stopping you. Okay, I'm going to stay on this for one more second because I want to see if we can break through. I can tell by your face that my answer isn't landing with you. You think I'm off the mark. And we're about to see if that's true. What do you think I'm missing? Uh, No, I'm actually trying to take in what you're saying. So I just changed your life forever. 
and actually, six months from now, it's going to be a nine-figure business because you know you just need to go acquire. Exactly. I kept thinking about being acquired, and not one second did it cross my mind to acquire so I can get to that number instead of just waiting for sales to grow. Word. It's amazing. Thank you. Guys, first principles will solve every problem in your business. Okay, I don't know his industry, yeah? I'm just trying to ask questions. What's your goal? What's the problem? Who's doing it well? What can we learn from that? If no one, what experiment can we run? I promise you, there is not a single problem in any business anywhere where the right set of questions won't lead you to the right answer. And now one gift I want to give you, because this one's important. Please, please, I'm begging you, don't for one second value yourself for being the one that comes up with the answers. Because then it becomes a, can you think of the solution to all these questions? Can you come up with all the right questions and all the right answers? And I can already give you the answer to that, and it's no. That's why we build teams. Now, I could do a whole another class about how what you need to be is the soil in which other amazing people grow, because that's really how you get somewhere. But at the same time, you've got to be the baddest motherfucker in the room. So it's this weird dichotomy of like, yay, I'm the sun that feeds you and nourishes you and lifts you up, and I'm also the biggest, baddest tree in the forest. It's a whole thing. We'll move on. Hey, Tom. Uh, I'm in the mortgage industry. I check. I manage a team of 21 people, and I want to grow. My specific goal is to grow to 100 people by January 2023. So why? Because more people equals more revenue, and that's. Do you know where the breaking point is? No. So this, I'm always fascinated by people who start with people first, because the people isn't your goal. The revenue is your goal. You just know one path to the revenue is people. But if the real goal is revenue, let's just jump right to it, because there might be 30 solutions, and one of them is that we hire these people to get there, but you don't need it to be people, do you? Well, we're in a one-to-one in a -one sales environment, and more salespeople in my business equals more, sale, equals more revenue. I hear you. But do you like if you brought in a hundred people and they ended up bringing in less revenue? Would you still want to bring on a hundred people? No. And if I could come in and coach everybody for six months and bringing on fifty people instead of a hundred people bought them more revenue than you were expecting from fifty people, would that be a better solution for you? Absolutely. Can we now agree that the revenue is what you care about? Hundred percent. Okay. So now that we know the revenue is what we care about, now the goal will dictate what we do. But the crazy thing is in all these brokerage type businesses, whether it's real estate, whether it's insurance, mortgages, whatever, everybody thinks they want headcount. And I get it because there's a math equation. And hey, Tom said, anything that can be made math should be made math. And I know if I bring on a person, they account for this much revenue. But they also, it gets more complex. The more people you have, the more HR issues you have, the more infrastructure you need. So I'm just always a little skeptical. Now, I'm not saying that that isn't the right answer. I'm just saying it is a hypothesis that's meant to lead to a goal. But your goal, again, clarity, your goal is not people. That's a path, okay? Never confuse the goal with a path to the goal. So like, I don't give up on my goals, but I fucking discard paths all day long. 
Whoever you are, you're my new bestie. That was a reaction, right? So, yeah, don't worry about the path. Now, again, maybe that is the most obvious one, and maybe that's the one that we pursue. Just don't lose sight of what you really care about, which is revenue. It'll allow you to be more clever. It opens your mind. In fact, here's, write this down. Never let your beliefs calcify into dogma. I'll repeat that. Never let your beliefs calcify into dogma. So Jim Quick gave you one of the great answers of life, which is that all of your behaviors follow your beliefs. That really is true. So if that's true, and I believe that the only way to get there is by bringing on more people, I won't even think to look beyond that. And then you will get outperformed by somebody who does find a way to automate the industry or to do something else that's clever. If you at least leave your mind open and say it slightly differently, my goal is the revenue, and as of today, the quickest way that I know to achieve that is to scale my people. But do you see by putting a little bit of extra language around there, you don't trap yourself in a box because, and this is another nugget to write down, you become what you repeat. You become what you repeat. So if you repeat that I need to scale people, then you're going to scale people. If you focus on revenue, it might not even be you. Somebody else in your organization might be like, you know what, if we did this, like I actually think that we could grow revenue faster than bringing on another person. Or the other thing is as you scale people, invariably you hit a point of diminishing returns where one person used to bring on 100,000, they start bringing on 90, then it's 85, then it's 70, and then you're like, we're in free fall, what's going on? And that will force you to start looking for other avenues. But be very, very clear on there are many opportunities to get there we just need to get there. Okay, so if it's just the revenue that we care about, what's holding you back? Uh, process, technology, and not enough, not enough bandwidth, not enough staff to handle the, handle the increased business. Okay, so what's your problem? Are you you're scared to hire? No, I'm trying to hire. I'm, my problem is attracting top people, top performers. I feel like and I'm if, a Do you have a gut instinct on what would attract more people? How I've attracted people thus far is through my personal brand. Just putting out more content. But now we're hitting a point where it's not bringing on enough people. Or the people are just asking for help. They're not already performers, right? So they need, develop, they need sales development. And do you know sort of where I go already with what the answer is? Train people. That's one. But the other is, don't try to solve this problem with more people. Because you're telling me you've already hit diminishing returns. So the question of where are the diminishing returns, and you said, I don't know. The answer is you've already fucking found it. So at least within your system, you have found the point at which, whoa, I, with my abilities and the offer that I'm making, I'm now attracting a less and less qualified person. And therefore now I'm getting less and less out of these people and it's creating a problem. That's why you want to open your purview to what are other things that we could try or to build the training or to get a better pipeline or to be so much better. Like if I were in your shoes, I would be thinking one equation, one equation only, and everybody is going to immediately go, yes, of course, fuck. And that is, I want to make sure that my agents make more money than in any other agency. And then I would just go on every podcast that would have me, that people in this industry listen to, I'd put my feet up on the fucking table. And I'd like, let me run you through the numbers, everybody. At this agency, they make this. At this, this agency, they make that. But with me. They make this. And then people will flock to you. But it's hard to become that good. But that's actually the solution.
Hey everybody, it's time to talk about all of our favorite subjects, mental health. Is there something holding you back or preventing you from achieving your goals or even just interfering with your happiness? Do any of you suffer from depression or anxiety? As a lot of you guys know, I've suffered from anxiety for years and trying to tackle something like that on your own is not always the optimal strategy. But a lot of people are super nervous to try out therapy or they don't really know where to start or they're just plain embarrassed. But now there's a service called BetterHelp that makes therapy more accessible and affordable. BetterHelp is professional counseling done securely online using your computer, tablet, or mobile phone through video calls, phone calls, or text messaging with licensed therapists who are certified by their state's board to provide therapy and counseling. It is not self-help and it's not a crisis line. It's an online service available worldwide and it has a massive network of counselors who have a broad and diverse range of specialties. So you can get a counselor with the sort of expertise that might not even be available in your local area. BetterHelp assesses your needs and matches you with a licensed professional therapist within 24 hours. You can log into your account anytime to message your counselor. And BetterHelp also has Groupinar sessions every week where members can learn in groups directly from licensed counselors on multiple topics like relationships and ways to overcome anxiety. Especially if the thought of seeking help makes you nervous or embarrassed, be sure to check out the over 60,000 positive reviews posted on the BetterHelp site, and that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. BetterHelp is committed to making it easy for you to access the therapeutic help you need, even if you have never gone to counseling before. It's free to switch therapists, it's more affordable than local therapy, and they even have financial aid available if you need it. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit betterhelp.com impact. And again, that's spelled better, H-E-L-P. And join over 500,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. BetterHelp costs just $65 per week and financial aid is available for those who qualify during the signup process. As an Impact Theory viewer, you can get 10% off your first month. So visit betterhelp.com impact and get the help you need today. All right, guys, if you need this one, please give it a shot. Take care and be legendary. Thanks, Tom. Word. My pleasure. All right. Albert, you're going to hate me, but I'm going to ask anyway. Can I get 10 more minutes on the clock and then we're going to do a speed round? Tell Albert if you want 10 more minutes on the clock. All right. My man. Okay. We have to do speed round now. So I'm not going to be able to go into like all the super details. The more that you can give me like, yo, hard, fast problem, I can give you quick, fast solution. Thank you, Tom. What an honor to be here present. My name is Ricardo Mariscal. I'm from Mexico, but it's known as Rich the Realtor. I got a question, simple question for you, I, I think. Let's pretend money is not a problem for the next years of my life or anyone else. Which area would you recommend will be the smartest or areas to focus on in order to become 
the most fulfilled person in the human's history? I love it. Amazing question. In fact, arguably the most important question that will be asked today. Okay, so the punchline of life is not money. The only thing, and uh, speaking from experience, I will just tell you this. I chased pure money, getting rich every day for almost a decade. And I ended up miserable and learning one immutable truth. The only thing that matters in life is how you feel about yourself when you're by yourself. Also, no one can guarantee that you'll ever be financially successful, but they can guarantee that you're going to struggle. Now, the good news is nature incentivizes struggle. So struggle actually feels good. So the goal isn't to avoid struggle. In fact, you have to manufacture struggle in your life. If you have kids and you're wealthy, you must make them struggle. Otherwise, they will implode because nature compels them to work really hard for something. You won't appreciate what you have if it was given to you. you just, naturally, you can't. So what you're going to do is you're going to find an area that gives you more energy than it takes. It could be helping kids. It could be building homes in Mexico. It could be doing wilderness treks through uh, to the North Pole, whatever. There's going to be something that gives you energy. And then you're going to get into the loop of desire. This is how you build passion. People think that passion is born into you. It is not. So passion is cultivated. And so what you have to do is you find that thing that gives you more energy than it takes. You engage with it, okay? Find it, engage with it. Then you see, do you become more fascinated or less the more you engage? If more, you move to the next step, which is gaining mastery. So now we're in it with the sole intent of getting good. As we get better, we get into a reciprocal loop that we call fulfillment, which is you're working really hard for something that matters to you, that allows you to serve not only yourself, but other people. So as you get better at this thing, you help more people, and they do things like what people do to me, which is they come up and they're like, oh my God, you changed my business, all that. And so you're like, fuck, I want to do this more. I want to go get better so I can get more of that. And now you're in a reciprocal relationship with that passion. The better you get, the more you help, the more you get that feedback loop, which makes you want to go get better. And now you feel fulfilled because fulfillment has a math equation and it goes like this. Fulfillment is, starts from a goal. Everything starts from the goal. Your goal needs to be exciting to you and honorable, meaning that it serves not only you, but other people. This is just the nature of humans. It's not me passing a moral judgment. Just that's what nature will reward you for doing. The next thing is you have to work really hard to gain that set of skills, and then you have to deploy those set of skills to help yourself and other people. That is fulfillment. You do that, your whole life will be amazing. Speed round. Thank you. Hey, Tom. Uh, very nice meeting you. I've been a big fan for about three years. Me and my wife admire you a lot, so it's quite Thank an you, honor man. to be here with you. Thank you. Um, really quick question. Um, if you have a $1 million business, you'll get, want to get it to $10 million. How, what's the best way to distribute your time between marketing, training your employees, developing yourself? All right, everybody, what does it start with? Clarity. Clarity of your goal. So what's your goal? $10 million a year. That's just money. How are you gonna get there? Why are we, ch are we just chasing money? Yes. Sell drugs. <laughs> you might go to jail, but damn. <laughs> On the way up, baby. You can make some the next best thing, crypto, then flipping NFTs, but you can go broke real fast doing that. But damn, if you hit, I made $100,000 in 48 hours on a single NFT that I bought for $250. Not financial advice, let me tell you. But those are really dumb ways. Crypto's not dumb. But those are like really sort of roll the dice, bet it all on black ways. If all you care about is money, 
it will send you down a very dark path that I'm not super helpful at. Once you have a goal and there's like a thing behind you, but even setting all that aside, I will just say you have to be in an industry where the upside potential is big enough that you could actually solve a problem. Remember, this starts with I'm solving a problem for somebody who knows they need that problem solved, and then I'm going to go solve it better than anybody else. That's the real answer. But if I could change your life, because this will matter so much, business is a game of attrition. Most people give up. Why do they give up? Because hard things suck. So, when you have a hard thing, who has read Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl? I want to, is that really it? Fucking scream that out if you've read it. Okay, this is the, the most important thing I will say to you, literally, in this whole talk. Every single person in this room, if you are serious about enjoying your life, read Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. It is about a guy who survived the concentration camps. He happened to be a neuroscientist. And what he realized was you could predict when someone would die within 72 hours because they would lose a sense of meaning and purpose. Now, if you can survive Auschwitz on meaning and purpose alone, let me tell you how important meaning and purpose is in a business. Because as hard as building a business has been, it's no fucking Auschwitz. So trust me when I say meaning and purpose will get you through. When I was building Quest, it was all about saving my mom and my sister. That was what I attached to it. And so when I was there at 2 a.m. on a Friday night with bloody knuckles fixing a piece of equipment that I did not want to be fixing, I would think of my mom and my sister. I would not think of $10 million because nature has compelled me to think of them in a way, and I get an emotional reward I won't get from anything else. So even if you're just going to chase the $10 million, make it about your kids, giving them a better life or something. But think about that other something. We good? All right. Thanks. Hi, Tom. Um, I came all the way from Costa Rica just to learn from you guys, and I My feel man. very excited for it. Um, I'm honored. I have one question. Uh, you talk about NFTs. I invest personally a lot of them. Be careful. Yeah, I know. And that's my question. Like, uh, what will you uh, recommend uh, focusing on investment? Um, what, I mean, like, which NFTs will you put an eye on to invest right now? So like, I don't think of NFTs as an investment. I'll be really honest. Um, it's a whole different thing. So what I would think of is how can I integrate NFTs into my business? What can I create? If this really is the next evolution of the internet, like when in 97, when we were getting web pages, we couldn't imagine Uber, but Uber goes on to be this gigantor company that required the confluence of a few different technologies, one of them being the internet. So the question is, where are NFTs going? To know that, you have to learn the technology, right? This gets down to think from first principles. Once you're thinking from first principles, then you can evaluate. So I'm what they call a utility maxi. So I don't care about one project or the other unless I know what the utility is of that thing. What do I get? Where are they going? So at Impact Theory, I'm launching my first Impact Theory NFT, which is basically a utility token on October 13th, for anybody <laughs> interested. Uh, and that is, it'll be the single most valuable product I ever create because of what it gives to the community and how it lets them participate. Imagine, just imagine, maybe I'm crazy, but imagine I am the next Walt Disney. And you could buy an image from Steamboat Willie at the time he created it. What does that look like in 20 years? 30 years, 40 years, right? Now, again, I don't think of it as an investment, 
but we're going to be giving you things. If you're one of the people holding that, showing that you love the company, we're going to give you a lot of stuff for that over time. So think about from your business perspective, how do I create something meaningful? Because right now, NFTs are about community and rewarding the community. So how do I reward the community? Thank you very much. For sure. All right. We got time for like two more. I'll go quick. So in my business, there's like a, a massive opportunity cost to my time spent in the business versus spent doing other things. And I struggle to find the balance of like, how much time should I be spending educating myself so that in the long term, that opportunity cost is even greater or versus- When it comes to self-education, the game goes like this, because this is speed round, forgive me. So you want to learn a little and take action a lot. Learn a little, take action a lot. Learn a little, take action a lot, right? Because reading a book will not teach you nearly as much as failing. So you've got to get in there, you've got to try something. So the opportunity cost is whittled down by you getting good at thought exercises. What does success look like? Where I see people waste a lot of time is even if this is a victory, it's not very interesting. And they'll still pursue it because they've never run the thought experiment of what does the world look like if we actually win? So run that thought experiment, then get in as fast as you can and just start deploying that knowledge. The point of reading a book today is to use the knowledge today. Not tomorrow, right now. And so what's my goal? What do I need to know in order to overcome this problem, right? What skill set do I need to get over this? What book or YouTube video or podcast has that information and then get in there hard. And so I am constantly learning, but I'm also constantly taking action. And this is one big thing. Guys, if, if I were going to say in a single sentence, what has allowed me to have outsized success, it's this. I have an unflinching willingness to embarrass myself publicly. And here's the best news. Lean in, because this makes me smile so much. Every time people are making fun of me and saying, oh, how I have failed, on the inside, this is all I hear. Because I know I'm learning, motherfucker, and on a long enough timeline, all you will give up, and I'm going to keep going. It took me 12 years of getting kicked in the face every day, starting with goodbye being my only contribution on a phone call to building a billion dollar business. And people were like, oh, it's an overnight success. And I was like, yeah, an overnight success, 12 years in the making. Okay, so who can get kicked in the face the most times, be embarrassed the most times and keep getting up and internally know I'm not that impressive yet. I'm not the person I need to be to pull this off yet, but I'll learn. I'll get there. And the person that keeps going, knowledge stacks. Knowledge stacks. Tommy, thanks for having me. My pleasure. My name is Andrew Brown. Um, my question is, how do you scale a direct selling business in an oversaturated industry? It's similar to like what you did with Quest. Here it is. I'll have the answer for you in a single sentence because we're out of time. This applies to everybody. This is the one you write down. When we started Quest, the industry had been declining for years, and there were 1,600 competitive flavors on the market, bars and flavors. And they were like, why are you doing this? This is crazy. And my answer was this, there's always room for the best. Don't forget it. Your job is to get to be the best, everybody. All right, thank you so much for having me. Are you not entertained? Let's do it. Thank you, guys. Kick ass. All right, my friends, I hope this added value to you. If it did, make sure that you smash the like button, make sure that you are subscribed and that you don't 
miss a thing. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.